Um, so I was in Mexico doing a residency with Crater Invertido, um, which. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would be a bit douchey if I was like, I was in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks, Martin. <laughs> and um, so I think the difference with them and um, I think also Kunchi is that they're a collective rather than an institution. Um, so I think this made my experience quite different um, and also because I was gone for longer. Um, so when I was heading there, I didn't have like a really clear idea of what I wanted to do except for some of the things, like some of the ideas I'd had during our concept development phase. So I'd gone with I guess two ideas. One was I still wanted to continue work on my idea of little questions, which was just kind of looking into conversations um, or um, interesting phrases or questions that people brought up that weren't necessarily, you know, um, big political questions, but rather small innocuous questions um, that would be interesting to explore. And that was the kind of the only idea that I'd kept with me. And um, the other thing was I really tried to get rid of a lot of my own expectations and ideas of what this would be like because um, I would really wanted to go and I was so excited but I knew that that could also blind me from learning if I um, kind of went there expecting this, that and the other. So that's how I went. And what happened was um, we kind of broke the two months um, into separate experiences and also because I went during the holidays. So I got there on the 12th of December, which is like the beginning of the Christmas celebrations. Um, what is it? El Dia de Guadalupe? Yeah. Yeah. So I just went straight into the partying. Just kidding. Um, but it really was just it's like a, a marathon. Yeah, it's, it's like a marathon. It's called the Guadalupe Reyes Marathon. Mm -hmm. So Guadalupe is December 12th, mm -hmm. which is the Virgin Mary of Guadalupe, which is a syncretic. Um, reference like it was Tonantzin and it's anyway so it's from December 12th to January 6th so it's the marathon of festivities and January 6th is the Reyes Magos how do you call that? the, the that's like the, the Magi right yeah yeah so during this time um, it was kind of like my opportunity to visit places and then the second month was more for actually doing the, the work of the residency. So um, in the first month, um, the first place I went to, actually <laughs> the first thing we did was have a dinner with Sophia. <laughs> that was kind of like my welcome, which was really nice and very significant because it was the same place where we had like my farewell. Um, and then after that, I immediately went to Oaxaca, which um, is, to me, like what struck me about it, there were so many things, but I feel like a lot of places, um, like if you go to a country, people will say my place is like the most beautiful place. I think everybody just collectively agrees it's the best place. Like nobody seems to think there's a better place, but just the food there is amazing. Culturally, it's amazing in terms of like, um, how would I describe it? Like indigenous collective activities and um, self-organization, it's amazing. Um, so while I was there, I met, um, I was staying with two of the artists from Crater Invertido, but they stay in a different city. Um, one of them was Diego Teo, and this is his work. Uh, one of his pieces, there's that one and this one. Um, 
and this was a really good kind of start because it was very slow paced with them um, Oaxaca was much calmer and it was a time to kind of ask myself questions and talk with them about maybe what do I want to do um, so Diego didn't speak much English I didn't speak much Spanish but we managed to communicate a little bit um, and then his partner Dasha we talked a lot more and she asked me a really good question which was Oh, well, she asked me what I wanted to do, but she also um, asked me because I was explaining that I'm moving away from performance and I wanted to just focus on publications because I felt I was misunderstood in performance. I'm so misunderstood. Um, and she, she was like uh, asking me then, what do you think happens though when um, somebody gets like a publication or a book and you're not there to take them through it? They have their own entirely different separate autonomous experience. So it doesn't necessarily mean that um, maybe I'm like misunderstood one way or another, but to think really about how somebody's interacting like with the book or the final product, which would become very important later on in deciding how to make that publication. Um, so I think that like to me, when people ask me like how was Mexico, I'm like, well, it was overwhelming, and it really was in many good ways as well, um, because there are just so many layers of things happening. Um, like there was a lot going on around what um, Sophia was talking about in terms of like women being harassed and that was like a constant discussion that I went into right away and especially coming out of um, a previous residency where I was writing around the subject and what had been happening here in Uganda and in Kenya um, with all the women who were killed over the last two years. Um, so there's that discussion and then there was um, like the cultural layers I mean there were so many places to visit in terms of like museums libraries art galleries guys there are so many libraries why did I even come back <laughs> Ugh, so many um, and um, then I think another interesting layer that I didn't really get to delve into too much there's the historical layer as well um, in terms of like colonization and then um, the formation of identity or rather trying to wipe away the indigenous identity and then the layer of cosmology because um, there was so much significance in um, like old ruins and like their like cosmic layout and also um, I don't know how would I simply describe this it's a cosmic city <laughs> like there's significance in the places in their alignment and um, so there's just for me it was like so many layers that it felt really like depending on who I was talking with that I was entering into another version of this space another version of this city every single time yeah so anyway um after that after being in oaxaca for one week um i came back to the city um had a very interesting christmas time um but then after that i went to um chiapas for what was called the women's encounter um that was organized by zapatista women um and i can't like talk knowledgeably about the Zapatistas. I don't know if you want to say something about them right quick, because you're my assistant now. <laughs> uh, just have any, has anyone heard from the Zapatista movement something at all? Nothing. I'll try to make it short, but it's um, it's a s movement of self-defense from autonomous indigenous communities in the southeastern region of Mexico. These are many and very different and diverse uh, cultural communities. So it's not like one people, but it's more like a region. 
and there's a, the beginning of a Frente de Liberación Nacional, which was like a liberation national movement um, that started in the 70s and over the time ended up organized as an armed movement. So there's a, there's a military side of it. And uh, after various government and paramilitary attacks on the different communities and the people, in 94 there was an uprising and uh, a declaration of, um, of an armed movement against the, the attacks of the state and the paramilitary groups. And it was in 94, it's, very, it's a very important date because it's when the NAFTA treaty was signed, which is the North American Free Trade Agreement. And so it was supposed to unify the United States, Canada, and Mexico as a trade zone. And it also meant um, commercializing and doing different sort of commercial agreements on the ground. And that also meant all of this region, which is rich in uranium and a number of other things, ha was part of a whole sort of geographic plot for commercial trade. And that would mean just wiping or displacing all these different communities. And the uprising um, also happened after the government betrayed a peace, signed, an ag a peace agreement that was signed with a massacre to a specific community and specifically pregnant women, women and children inside a church on the 1st of January of 1994. And so the, back, the response to that was assuming their own war and retreating from any kind of government dialogue. And over the time there's been, since 94 until now, different cycles and like strategies of the movement, but the main focus of it, as I would say, it's creating autonomous zones. So they've basically built over um, 30 years, uh, 35 years. They've built, it's a long time, they've built uh, their own roads, they've, they've retreated and broken every single relationship with government and government services, so roads, electricity, hospitals, schools, mm. everything and they've created autonomous regions building on their own all of these services but also and most importantly creating a very strong self-organizing learning process really on how to create a form of government that is community-based very strong reference for self-organized movements in many 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 different ways mm. And just one last thing, the way they have self-organized the autonomous school, the autonomous health system, the, it's al always questioning the relationship between colonial inheritances and the way that neoliberalism currently reproduces colonial dynamics. Mm. So every approach to education, to health, to work, to all of these different aspects is through uh, questioning hegemonic conceptions of these and creating their own references from traditional medicine and other cultures. No. Yeah. So it was very powerful being like in a place where they had organized for all these women to come together and it was amazing because we got there, it felt very covert and cool, like the only time I've ever felt like kind of cool in my life. 
But we got there at night and then we um, like checked in and they took us like in a separate truck to this camping site and you just enter and it just says women only on one side, no men allowed on the other side of the gate and on both sides of the gate they're just like these women dressed in these masks and like their gear with bows and arrows and you're like why is my life not always like this <laughs> uh, so we spent three days in this meeting um, which they organized around violence against women like to kind of discuss and self-organize because I think what to me seemed really important to them was to bring people together to discuss but not to have people rely on them as a movement for change but to rather be able to go back and kind of organize their own change in their communities in the way that's relevant to them so maybe it would be around um, uh, maybe like the arts might be about around media there was a really interesting documentary about um, um, midwives you know so it could be anything that they can organize themselves around that is relevant to the struggle um, so I brought this just kind of to have a more tangible reference and this is a book that um, Sadi had worked on with some other people following the death of one of their deputy commanders and I think it's, if I got it right, Overcoming Death and Rebirth. Um, yeah, so that was like a really powerful um, moment for me to experience even though I couldn't understand everything. Um, so from there coming back, um, I was then kind of a bit more in in submerged in like my experience internally like my feelings and like what was going on um because i had like some of my own processes i was going through and then also because i was in a new context um everything felt heightened and um quite um stressful honestly um so i went to um i took some time off with a friend of mine and just like chilled out tried to like recuperate and regather my thoughts and after that when I came back is when I started work on on this publication um, which is called you are lost you are here um, you are lost is kind of like I guess um, something you'd say to somebody after you haven't seen them in a while um, I feel like it's a direct translation and to me can mean like many things if, depending on like the way the person is saying it um, but I wrote a little bit more about that um, but the idea of you are here, X, was kind of a reference to mapping because there were a lot of mapping exercises um, throughout this um, residency for me. So even before I had gone for the residency, um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, this is kind of like a map of like Crater that Sadi had drawn for me. Um, the first night I was there when we had dinner, there was like a map of like artist communities and then um, or no, it was more like um, the arts economy, right? It was a map of undervalued economies. Undervalued economies. Um, and then there's this map of like the two metro lines that I use the most. And it was funny because um, be because of like how advanced technology is, I never really was like physically lost. I could always kind of Google Maps it and figure my way out. Um, and at the very worst, like I could just walk, you know, I mean, it was like a long walk maybe through the city, but I could always find my way back just by walking and like referencing the map and if I had time on my hands. Um, so what was interesting is I always kind of was physically somewhere, but not, you know, emotionally or mentally entirely there. Um, and in that way, I felt like quite lost. That was the duality of the situation and always because nothing was one sided, there was always a duality in every experience that I had. So that was something that I was trying to explore. I really wanted to create a publication because I wanted to go through that entire process with Crater and Vertido and know what it might be like to work 
and create a publication with people who are experienced and see what I might learn from it. I really wanted to collaborate because I wanted, I'd been writing my own um, poetry throughout the residency, reflecting on my experiences, but I really wanted to learn from the multitudes of people that I'd met and all their experiences and their knowledge. Um, so I ended up having, I presented my myself, my ideas and what I wanted to work on to a group of people through the Crabtree Networks. Um, and kind of shared what I wanted to do and we came up with um, an idea of having some activities um, kind of workshop and create this publication um, so we ended up doing um, I think four activities so the first one um, was a kind of body movement exercise we went through five rhythms um, and uh, led by um, Yanni, Yanni. <laughs> Sari's sister and the exercises we went through, she um, had prepared some music for us, and we went through five different movements, the first of which was fluidity, um, the second of which was staccato, the third was chaos, the fourth was um, lyrical, and the fifth was quietude. And each of these movements or rhythms kind of matches up with um, part of your life. So I think um, fluid, which is the first one, is um, like related to birth, to water, to fluid things um, whereas the um, chaos is well obviously just like the chaoticness of life um, but it was interesting going through those movements and kind of allowing because you have to push your body a little bit to like shout to move in particular ways like staccato you have to have very like precise rhythmic movements and then chaos we were just like running around shouting and that was super exhausting for five minutes <laughs> Um, but the movement up and down through that um, into quietude really felt um, cathartic, yeah, if, and also extremely emotional. Um, then after that, we did kind of a call and response activity, which um, Sophia hosted. That was um, we were kind of reflecting on that experience and on like the poems that I'd shared, and then we did some drawings and then would uh, give them somebody else to respond to them. And then we took, the next day we took, uh, our activity was La Deriva, which is like a drift. So another person, one, took us on a drift through the city. Um, because this also, like what I shared, was very reflective of like movement through the city. And we're trying to see like in what way can we get lost together. So we just met at one point and kind of walked through this neighborhood without really any direction. Um, and collected kind of like some images and sounds and textures from that as well, which helped those three activities all inspired the next activity, which was a kind of collage session um, where we wanted to bring back images. We used like the inspiration of the five rhythms um, to use uh, patterns and, and textures and symbols that had come up in conversation. And then after that, we did a collective drawing um, session again still trying to bring back everything that people had contributed that question from the very beginning remained important it was how will people interact with this so it was two sides of it was one to kind of give people different points of access and different ways of interacting with it um, because the thing with zines especially is sometimes you go through them like when you first get them and then they just kind of sit there and on your table or whatever they're like a nice object so it was kind of also nice to present an object that can just be there for you to look at without you having to constantly open and interact with it. Um, and then, yeah, like it's interesting, like we did try to maintain like the five movements um, from fluidity to staccato to chaos and onward. 
um so yeah i feel like we we did what we set out to do yeah and the thing is uh, i remember at some point when we were coming towards like we didn't know what it was gonna be f- until like five days before um but when we were getting closer to, to 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 making it work and we started doing this final layer of drawing on top and then Sadi was like oh maybe it won't work like this maybe we should do this and that and i was like no we have to trust the process because we created a process that like we all have put something in together and we have to trust at some point that it will come out mm. um so we didn't deviate from like our original idea and mm. we still managed to produce everything and all the chaoticness all the mess all the layers kind of finally came out into something that resonated and made sense okay because time let me read the title poem if you guys want that's number six you are lost you are here you are tumbling through portals and doors above is a place you aspire to be forever climbing in spirals forever getting closer to stars within is a place you crawl to be enter tunnel in spirals through your navel gaze inward swim through your own ancient waters below is a place that pulls that downward spiral is instant you plummet but never land and instead find yourself suddenly above aspiring toward your mouth a portal your eyes portals your ribs bridges to portals Someone else's skin wraps you up like a gift and they give you back to yourself. In your dream, a star cuts a chunk of its flesh out and throws it into a cold and dark distance. And you are born to light the way through. In another dream, you are curled in yourself. That self is curled in another self, which is curled in another self. And you are at the center of hundreds of selves more secure than you have ever been. When you feel misplaced like the shadow of the sun, the shadow of a cloud, the shadow of a beam. You jump on an echo and write it into the ears of everyone who needs to hear and whisper, I am here, I am here, I am here. Three times, so you reappear. When my uncles greet me by saying, you are lost, they mean it is your responsibility to be found. If I am lost, then I have taken myself away from them. I have removed myself from the situation. When they ask me, where have you been? You have been lost. I don't understand because I am where I have always been, in my body. I walk to where the horizon can't reach and shout as loud as sun on skin. I am here. I am here. I am here. Yeah. <laughs>